one. Hey guys, you're here with Dr. Molly. And Todd Rowland. And we are bringing you the podcast, the business side of the pet industries. Today's episode, we're going to deal with forms and agreements. We've been having a lot of people write in and just ask about what kind of forms they need, what kind of customer agreements, um, <clears throat> dematting forms, just basically how to word and what to say and what you basically need to cover all your bases with customers. So we're just going to kind of go over what we use, um, how it's set up, and when we send each to the customers. So starting off our first, we send a intake form to everyone. Uh, we use MoGo. It's very... Uh, easy to use, user-friendly. They have a very good walkthrough process. And we have tried several other ones in the past. And again, that'll be an episode we do where we go over what we liked and didn't like, especially as we grew from each of those. Because just because one doesn't work for us right now, it may be a great fit for where you're at in your business. But Mongo has um, different forms you can send and different ways you can send them. And you can edit them. You can add your own. So we kind of do a mixture they have just your basic agreement form that we send out attached to our intake form. And in order for them to send us the intake form, they have to sign this agreement or we will not book them. And we mainly started this uh, because of cancellations. Um, but it also goes over things like the pet is fit and healthy, uh, rabies are up to date unless, you know, a special circumstance such as like a medical reason um, in an emergency, we can contact a vet. It goes over our payment options, such as cash, check, debit, that card fees are the responsibility of the customer. Um, our groomers don't carry cash for safety reasons. Um, you know, our rates change that we're dematting when it comes to that. We're humanity over vanity. Um, just different things. So that's just our general agreement part of the form. And then we have a couple of sections under that that go over, like, cancellations, no-shows, um, scheduled appointment times, things like that. So, of course, you're going to make your form and your agreements tailored to your business and how you operate. And this is where, like, your boundaries come in and having customers sign this, like, that's a non-negotiable for us. Um, our cancellation policy, no-show policy, things like that, our arrival window, those are all set up specifically for us, and we don't waiver on those. So... We have a cancellation fee that is 100% of the groom now if canceled less than 36 hours. Now, if we're able to rebook that, which a lot of the times we are, we don't charge the customer, but we'd let them know. Since you're inside your 36-hour window, if we're unable to fill your appointment, we will charge you for it. Now, one way that we can do this is because in our agreement form, it specifically sells, uh, spells that out in three different areas. We say over and over the 36-hour period. And we say multiple times that you are authorizing us when you sign this form to charge the card on file. So that brings me to the card on file. Again, in our intake form, they must sign this agreement, but they must also put a card on file for us to charge in the event of a last-minute cancellation. And we have a lot of people in the beginning that are like, well, I'm going to pay with cash or I pay with check. And it, that's great, but we still require a card on file, especially for new customers, because I, I personally think it's somewhat of a safety issue. Like it, someone putting filling out their whole intake form and putting their card on file lets you know it's it's a legit customer. It's probably safe to go to their house, things like that. Yeah, exactly. And also, like most of the time, if someone's going to cancel, a lot of times it will be a new customer. Either they're going to book the appointment and then they're going to find someone else who can get them in sooner or can get them in cheaper 
or decide that they want to wait. But since they don't have that relationship built with you, a lot of times they don't even, you know, bother to let you know. Um, so not only do we have that, but there's just things that we have in place um, to make sure that people are getting reminders, make sure that they're having ample opportunity to cancel prior to their 36 hours. Yeah, so we actually send out our first reminder five days before their first appoint before their appointment, and we find that that works best. And I know a lot of people are worried about if they use a software. Uh, about the messages and all that, you can't count messages. You just this will make your life a lot easier. If you wait, if you have a twenty-four hour cancellation policy or, or forty-eight or thirty-six, and you wait until they have to cancel that day to send out your first reminder, you know, unless you have a full-time scheduler, you're probably busy. You're probably grooming or you're running your business, and they may cancel at ten o'clock that day. It may be eight o'clock at night before you have time to check all the messages. And now, you know, it's too late to message other customers to see if you can fill that spot. And then the next day, you know, you're grooming at eight o'clock in the morning and you're busy, and then you never get the spot filled, even though you have a, a wait list of customers trying to get in. So we send out our first reminder five days before the appointment, and we feel that that has made a huge difference in how the cancellations are going because it gives people opportunity to cancel, and it gives us plenty of time to get that appointment booked so that our customer is not getting charged for that cancellation. Yeah, and even after the five-day, our second one goes out at three days, So, and all our reminders are set to go up between 8 and 9 a.m. in the morning. So they're still getting it three days, which is again, over that 36-hour window. So even if something comes up that hadn't come up two days prior, they're now like, oh, crap, like, I do have that coming up. I forgot, or I rescheduled something else. Or So they still are able to cancel. That still gives us three days now instead of five. And then they avoid a fee, and we usually can get the spot covered. And then all else fails. If they still haven't confirmed, we have our reminders go out one day prior and then, you know, of course, they say the same things and not confirmed, you know, canceled appointment within 36 hours will result in charge. And typically still we're able to somewhat fill the spots. Um, but if we're not, I mean, we have their authorization. We've sent them three messages that say if they don't cancel at least 36 hours, they'll be charged. So there's... Um, there's really no discussion. There's no anything. If they get upset, we just say, I'm sorry, you know, you have agreed to our policy. And one good thing about uh, MoGo is you can pull up their personal signed copy and send that to them. So uh, we just pull it up, take a screenshot, send it and say, you know, we had you sign this. Um, typically, we've had our customers sign our agreement forms every once a year. We are starting every six months now, um, especially um, now that we're pushing our cancellation fee more that we have the extra reminders. Um, and another thing you can do, especially if you're mobile, um, is you're not at home service. And this is something that we've really been pushing to. Yeah, so after a customer's first visit, we offer not at home services where they can do a latch key or some t type of form of that. And that allows your routing to go super tight because if you don't, you're not restricted by times on certain days, you can actually route you know, your driver, your groomers, to the fastest route to get them through the day so they're not backtracking and things like that. It also really reduces cancellations. Um, you know, a lot of times, no, the people, something come up, but their dog is still at home, so there's no reason we can't provide the service. Um, back to Molly, uh, real quick, though, I wanted to add something to the cancellation of charging people's cards. If you're worried about losing a customer over charging their card 
then they didn't need to be, you know, don't, you can't worry about that. Um, we have people that will cancel and say, I know you need to charge the card. That's fine. And we're like, no, if we find someone to take your spot, we're obviously not going to charge your card. And then, you know, if someone gets upset that they canceled, you know, three hours before their appointment and we charged their card and they're upset about that, they weren't a good fit for your business anyways. Exactly. And kind of going along, I guess, back to the cancellation fees, um, we're not going to charge if it's like a a family emergency, you're in a car wreck, someone has to go to the hospital, like you have the flu, the fever, COVID, like we do have exceptions, but there's also a clause in there that says we reserve the right to waive the fee or to charge the fee. So, you know, if it's a customer we've had for years, they never cancel. And then, you know, something comes up, a car broke down, sick, whatever, have to go pick their kid up from school unexpectedly, we're not going to charge them. Now, if it's a newer customer, it's been with us six months, they've canceled two times already, you know, by all means, we're going to do it. And we also have a clause, if you more than two last minute cancellations in a year results in you being removed from our schedule, which means they can call in and make an appointment, you know, and if we have the space, we'll get them, but we're no longer going to reserve a spot for them if they're not going to respect our time and keep canceling. And this is this is hard, especially if you are small and it's just you or if you only have a few employees. But sometimes when people are repeat counselors, we, you know, they'll want next available. Well, sometimes their next available won't be until their next appointment, even if you have time in because you're just, you know, you have to train your customers to if they think they can cancel on Sunday night for Monday, but still want in on Wednesday and you, you accommodate that, and maybe you have open time and you want to go ahead and accommodate, but then they get accustomed to being able to cancel and get rebooked in the same week, where a lot of times we don't have that availability, so their next available is their next appointment that we have on the schedule. And usually that right there will stop people you know, from canceling because they were like, oh, if I don't get in, you know, with, with Shelly, then it's going to be six weeks before we can get our pup done. We're not going to, we'll, we'll make this appointment work. Because I've had many people say, well, hey, we need to reschedule. And I'll look and we've rescheduled the last two or three appointments. And we do book within a certain circle of, the, you know, radius of where they're at for the day. And we may have an appointment, but it may cause our groomer to drive 30 minutes in the opposite direction and 30 minutes back to the next appointment. And so we'll say, no, we don't have anything available in your area that day. And they'll come back and text, well, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Yeah. Or like um, you, another thing, if they're not in the area, you can say, but, you know, we will have a $20, you know, out of service charge or a $30 out of service charge or like uh, 99% of our customers are on a reoccurring schedule. So they're back every six weeks, every four weeks, every two weeks, whatever, but they're booked out indefinitely. So like if they want to cancel and, you know, they're a six-week customer and we may have something in two weeks, I mean, we're not going to move their next year of appointments back two weeks. So it's like, well, we can get you in in two weeks, but that means your next appointment is going to only be in four weeks. Like we're, we can't move your whole pre-book schedule. And most of the time they're okay with that too. So there's just different options because you don't want to go in after you've spent all this time on your schedule, all this time on your routing and have these people who just continually last minute cancel on you thinking it's no big deal when it could be messing up your whole day. And really, I mean, even your whole week, depending on how many you have. Yeah. And so back to the not at home service. So when we're talking about our mobile grooming, so after their first visit, yeah, we don't, we don't require the customer to be at home. And that really, 
is a game changer for cancellations because, like I said, if they're not at home, then they're not likely going to cancel because usually the pup is at home unless they have a, you know, a vet visit or are they on vacation or something like that. And so it works out really well. And we are actually starting in January the 1st of this year. We're only going to offer not-at-home services. Now, if the, the client's at home, that's great. But if people have to have a certain day, a certain time, because they will not allow us to uh, provide services when they're not at home, then we'll gladly do that for them, but it's going to be an additional fee. Yeah, we're starting what's called a specific time service charge. And so that's because, you know, right now our arrival window is, and this again is in our agreement form, is our best estimated time of arrival. But we can account for dog behavior, traffic, having to fill up, you know, breaks for our groomers, those kind of things. So even though you have a two o'clock appointment, our policy states a two-hour arrival window, one hour before, one hour after. So two o'clock means you need to be available from one o'clock to three o'clock from your appointment to start. And if a customer is, you know, if we're either running ahead or running late, like that's considered a no-show, that's considered a last-minute cancellation. Um, And again, these are all things that they've all signed, they've all agreed to. And so if you're going to have policies like that, you need to make sure to be upfront about them and make sure your customers do know about them. Um, same with if you're late, like um, we our, our groomers will wait 15 minutes past your scheduled time. So like if you have a two o'clock appointment and it's 2.15 and you're still 15 minutes away, oh, I'm sorry, I lost track of time or I got stuck at work. Like, sorry, like our groomer won't have time that will throw the rest of their day off. So we'll have to consider this a no show. And then, you know, we'll charge you and we can get you rescheduled. And this has upset several people, um, but... You know, they usually, if they leave, they come back because, you know, they they like our services, they're used to our services, or they've just had enough time to get over the, oh, my God, they're actually going to charge me, like, how dare them, because they kind of pretty much come around to the fact that we are business, we are appointment-based, like, those things are important. You can't go to the doctor's office and show up an hour later and ex- still expect to have your appointment. Like, it's the same way. You know, we just had a customer not too long ago that moved and forgot to tell us. And, of course, the groomer shows up at her old house and it's got a sold sign in it. And the, you know, we messaged them and said, did you move? Oh, yes, we forgot to tell you. No, we go to this person's house every two weeks. Yeah, two you weeks. would think every two weeks they would communicate that with us. And they did Well, didn't. and not only that, this is the second time <laughs> that this specific customer has moved and not told us and our groomer has shown up. So, you you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like, <laughs> But this time, where she'd moved to was out of the, you know, it would have cost our groomer an extra hour, which would have put her behind an entire hour for the rest of the day, which in our policy is acceptable. However, you know, it's not necessarily acceptable for our groomer to get off an hour late due to a client not being responsible and letting us know that they moved. So we communicated with the client. We weren't able to fill it, obviously, because it was... You know, we didn't know about it until we got there. So we did charge the customer's card and, you know, they're still on our books today. Yeah, she canceled uh, the next appointment and the one after. But after that, she got right back on our schedule and things are going great. She confirms her appointments now and we probably won't have to worry about last minute cancellations with her anymore. And all this, uh, guys, is we're able to do this through software. And like Molly said, she named the software company that we use currently. We've used many before. And it just depends on the size of your business, how many employees, what what fits for you and what you're looking for in a software. But all these forms and all this makes it so easy, you know, 
to to do all this stuff that we're doing. And if you're trying to do pen and paper and do forms and keeping, you know, where people sign this stuff in a filing folder and stuff like that, you're not going to be able to keep track. Did I did I have this client sign it? Did I not? And so uh, we hear a lot of people, well, we can't afford the software. You can't afford not to have some type of software. It's too much to keep up with. Yeah, and especially nowadays, too, there's even, like, free software out there, too. Yeah. So just, or, you know, intro things, or if you are a solo groomer or you just have one or two employees where you can use, you know, the same system, a lot of times, like, you can have one van, but you can have two or three groomers assigned to it. Or you don't even have to assign a van. You just, you get five groomers or however many. And it's just the features you want. You may have to pay for some or pay for some upgrades. Or like if you just want the basics to where you can get to everyone can see their schedules, you can see everyone's schedules. Like you can see, you know, put a little check mark next to the customer name to make sure we have everything on them. Like just easy, simple things that will help you keep track of what you have and what you don't have. Like with ours, like everyone who has signed the agreement and has a card on file, they're in pink. If they're a customer that has been with us for, you know, five, six years and they're an elderly customer and they don't, you know, text or whatever, they can come in and sign the agreement form at their next appointment and we'll put them in green because in five years they've never canceled an appointment and never used a card. So we're not going to make them put a card on file, you know, so they're in green. So therefore we know like they're good. They have the agreement form, you know, come January when we send out our next set of forms for everyone to sign, we'll pick different colors. You know, we may do red and blue or something like that, but there's just ways that you can help yourself keep up with all these things. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked a lot about mobile during this uh, conversation, but the salon, um, salons seem to have, to me, more cancellations because people are so happy to have mobile. They know, like, you know, a lot of times mobiles can't take new customers because they're so fully booked. They know, like, once they're in, they, they pretty much have to keep up with the agreement and stuff like that. But with salons where you have multiple staff members and things like that, people are more likely to cancel. Uh, especially on the weekend appointments. Our salon is open seven days a week, and we have more cancellations on Saturday and Sundays than we do any other day of the week. And so by enforcing these policies, prevent people from doing that. Also, you you know, you can require people to pay in advance or put a deposit down if they're a first-time customer. Like, don't feel, don't feel like you can't do these things. You can do these things. And yes, you will have people that won't do it. And that's fine. They're not a good customer for you if that's your policy. Exactly. And not just with cancellations and things like that, but you need to make sure you're having forms, um, which we have built into our agreement form that the pet is fit and healthy, you know, any undue stress caused from prior health things or senior pets, um, you know, we're not liable for. But those are additional forms that you can also have and send out. Like, we have a matted pet fee if the dog is matted that we send out. Um, and Molly, like, again, Molly's policy, we're, we've always been humanity over vanity. And we will shave severely matted dogs over brushing them out. This is specifically selled out or spelled out in our matting form. Our dematting fee starts at $35 and goes up. So that means if you're getting this form, you're automatically going to have at least $35 tacked onto your bill. And it, it expressly goes over things like scratches, hematomas, bruising, cuts, any issues from matting. It goes over that your dog may act differently due to irritation or sensations from shaved skin. Any issues, injuries resulting from the removal of these mats is on the owner because we see this so many times. And 
sometimes, yes, they're avoidable, but sometimes when you have a severely matted dog and you're having to work your way through it, I mean, it's it could get irritation. It could get razor burn. It is going to act differently because it's had these mats pulling on it for so long. And then customers are so quick to blame the groomer and cause the groomer, and the groomer will automatically take responsibility for that and either pay for it or take the blame and all that when really, I mean, it's the neglect of the owner who has this dog that, I mean, that caused it. I mean, you're doing what you can to help the dog now. But again, if you have this form, we send it out. They have to sign it before we'll pre-shave the dog or before we'll get these mats out. Like, so they know they're agreeing. And right there, that takes any of that stress out off the table. It also takes off the stress of, you know, the, the dog was scheduled for an hour and a half and you spent two and a half hours on it. I mean, you sent them a form saying that, and they just signed it 20 minutes ago that, you know, the fee is X and that's starting fee. So when they come to checkout and they're expecting to pay, you know, $115 and you're charging them $195, they, they may be a little bit upset, but yet they signed and they, you know, they knew their dog was mad at when they brought it in. Yeah. So uh, make sure you're charging for that time and not just your time, but like that's wear and tear, that's doling of your equipment, that's more time you're going to have to spend getting that dog used to you, used to the environment. You know, it's an uncomfortable situation. There's a lot of things that go into dematting and adding dematting fees and waivers and things besides just you being, it's not just the groomer being greedy. It's just like, there's a reason that we send this information out to customers. And there's a reason that we charge these fees too. Um, Another good one is just like, you can have a blank one and you can fill in as needed. Like we have one and we'll have customers sign it if their dog is pregnant, which we used to not do pregnant dogs at all, but now we will. But if they get too stressed, we have the ability to end the groom. Again, senior pets, um, arthritic pets, pets that can't stand. Like these are all what the dog would tolerate. These are comfort grooms. And those are additional waivers you can just send out and have them sign. And that way, if there are any complaints, we're like, I'm sorry, you know, this is a comfort groom at this stage. Like, we do what we can, what Fluffy will allow, blah, blah, blah. It also, you know, it still allows you to charge. I mean, if you worked on the dog for 45 minutes and you realize you can't go any further due to health concerns or anything like that, like, you are not handing a dog back to a customer and not charging anything. You spent 45 minutes or your employee spent 45 minutes of time on this dog or cat. You need to be compensated for that. Exactly. Our packages are all inclusive, so and they all say in quotes, our package includes dog willing or cat willing, you know, nail trim and file, ear clean, teeth brushing, et cetera, et cetera. So like if we can trim the nails but can't file them, but we tried for 15 minutes to file them, we're not giving a discount. Like our package is all inclusive depending on what the dog will tolerate. You know, the dog may let us spray breath spray in his mouth, but when you go to get up there with the toothpaste, they're like, they're not having it. So, I mean, we're not going to have a groomer get their hand bit off trying to include the teeth brushing. Like, so it's just different things. Again, these protect the groomers, these protect the customers, and these protect the dogs, and these protect your business. So, Make sure that you are having a wealth of information. And we've had people that have simply said, I'm not reading all that. I'm not signing all that. That's too much for me. And we're like, okay, great. Well, then we're obviously not the the right groomer for you. And we wish you luck in your search for, you know, someone that better fits your needs. But, like, we're not going to waver on our protection layers for the pets, our customers, our staff, and our business because a customer thinks it's too much to read or go over. 
And we also, you know, do offer, you know, to, to fill out this information at the time of service in the mobiles because some people, you know, are not capable of filling out this information on their phone or their computer because they're elderly or just are not capable. Um, and we'll do it at the salon, too. We'll send out the intake form if they haven't filled it out by the time uh, of their appointment before we take the dog back. They have to fill it out. Uh I mean, we do have, you know, a device there for them to do that on. We don't have it printed or anything. Um, they still have to do it on the device, but we'll have it pulled up for them. You know, we'll enter the information in for them for their pet and the emergency numbers and stuff like that. Like, if you know they're not capable of doing that, uh, but they, are, they still have to sign it. And say so most software systems, not just the one we use, they have the ability for you to save a card on file once it's used. And so we just automatically save that card and it makes it easier if they've signed our agreement. Obviously, we now have a card on file to charge. But two, like when you're checking out a customer, especially our mobiles, it saves them from have. if someone hands them a card they've already used, it saves them from having to input all that information back in. So it can just see the last four numbers, click on it, boom, the card is charged, customer can sign, and everybody can move on. It also helps out when we're providing the not-at-home services from people forgetting to leave the cash out or forgetting to leave the checkout. You won't believe how many times that will happen. You know, people, you know, oh, goodness, I forgot to leave the check, but yet they didn't forget to leave the key hidden for us. So, and then, you know, the next, then they expect us to drive back by or mail us a check. That's, it's not an option. You're, you're at, when we end the appointment, they're, you know, if we have their card on file, we will send them an invoice, which we have everybody's card on file unless they're, like Molly said, they're color-coded green, which means they've been with us for many years and don't cancel. Um, we'll send them a link to invoice where they can add a tip. And by the end of the day, uh, sometimes the next morning we'll send them a reminder. If they do not respond, then we're hitting charge on the card. Uh, we do try to give people, you know, until the next morning, because we do want them to tip our uh, groomers. And if we hit charge on the file, we're not adding a tip to it so but again it just eliminates that kind of problem it also you know if you have someone's card on file and they write you a bad check because they don't never use the card you know that you can let them know that their check bounced and we'll be charging the card with our additional return check fee which is in our policies Yes. So make sure again, and just also kind of talking about payments real quick. I touched on that. You know, we do take cash, check, or card, debit or credit, and um, check is great. But there, we do have a fifty dollar um, return check fee, which does not happen often, but it does happen a few times a year. And then we have on there that our groomers do not carry cash change. So if you're paying in cash, you either need to pay you need to pay exactly what you want the groomer to keep because any extra over your service will be um, considered a tip. And then we no longer, starting this year, pay our card fees. Um, we used to charge a percentage to our mobile customers and covered 100% of the salons. But at the size of our business now, I think last year we were close to $10,000 just in uh, card processing fees. So when you're a small business, I mean, that's a big chunk of your profit, just going out so someone can pay with a card, which, again, we want people to pay with a card. Uh, it's just that's just a fee that a lot of small businesses can't eat right now. And I know there is a lot of drama surrounding that subject about, well, you should charge enough where you don't have to do the credit card fees. I don't, you know, that just seems embarrassing to have to charge a customer. Again, it's your business. You can do what you want to do. We had a substantial price increase 
uh, what, a year and a half ago, two years ago, uh, during COVID when everything was, you know, fuel prices were jumping through the roof, our product prices, uh, things that used to have free shipping now have shipping. And so we, we raised our prices substantially. And so, you know, this is one of the ways that we were able to not add an additional fee to our clients, you know, offer them a discount for paying in cash or uh, check. It's not necessarily a discount. It's just they're not having to pay the fee. And again, you know, in a $100 growing, we're talking about $3.40 or $2.90, you know, depending on what type of card they're paying with. So it's not anything major, but when you're doing 200 plus dogs a week, that really, like Molly said, adds up. I think the 10000 was just for one of the card processing things because I think it was a little bit more than that. But still, like, and if you're a one-person show and it's only two to $3,000 a year, you know, you might think, oh, it's not that bad, but that's two or $3,000 a year that you can use for your vacation fund, equipment fund, things like that. I mean, we do charge a card fee, but it's up to the client if they want to pay it or not. Like, we have cash or check options. Yeah, and we have, since implementing that, we do have a few people that um, more now pay, pay in cash and check, mm-hmm. um, but it, not substantially. Most people don't mind or they're used to paying that. There's a lot of small service businesses that have moved towards that way, especially since COVID and prices have gone up everywhere. So I think now it's a little more expected and accepted than it was maybe two or three or four years ago. Yeah, and we have some customers, I mean, that were at their house all day long and their their tickets a thousand bucks plus whatever they tip and they still use a card and don't don't think twice about it. And so again, it's your business. You can decide to do that or not. Uh, but I don't think your customers or I can tell you, I know your customers are not going to care because again, you're talking about an extra two or three bucks and you're still giving them the option to pay cash or check and it eliminates a, another price increase. So, you know, in, in lieu of a price increase, you know, you can pay the card fee or you can write a check or cash. And like Molly said, we have seen an increase in cash and check, but really not enough to tip the scale. No. And again, um, make sure that you're putting these things in your agreements and in your intake forms, whatever you're using to give your information to customers, make sure it's in there and it's spelled out who's going to pay, how much it is and what you accept, because that's one of our number one questions. Can I use a card? Can I pay with cash? Can I write a check? And we know a lot of groomers um, won't take checks anymore or don't take cash or only take cards or they don't take cards at all. So again, like you just have to figure out what works best for your business, but make sure that if you're going to do some kind of a fee or something like that, that it is in your agreement form for whatever type of payment you're going to have. And, you know, it's our policy that we don't take Venmo or Cash App. You may want to take that and that's fine. We just find that um, because Venmo nor Cash App runs through our software that it's just one more added step at the end of the week to go through and and you know, sync everything, sync up. everything up, and we choose not to do that. And that's just that's that's us. Now, you may want to take that, and that's per, you know, that's fine. Uh, again, we're not hating on you for taking those options. We would take them, but it's just we're we have ten employees now, and it's just that's just two more things to have to check off at the end of the week, and we chose not to. And we have absolutely no problem with not taking those two. It does I mean we get asked sometimes? Do you guys take Venmo? Or unfortunately, we don't. Okay. It's, yep. We just say, well, we do take cash card and check, and they're like, oh, okay, great. Like, just wanted to check. It just so, yeah, no issues. But again, like forms and agreements are one hundred percent needed. This is not something you want to overlook in your business because it, all it takes is is one incident, one person, one miscommunication, and all heck can break loose. So. 
please make sure that you're getting these forms, you're getting these agreements. If you have any specific questions, let us know. We are working to get our a Facebook actual group up where you guys can just kind of post questions and ask and we can have more of that back and forth dialogue without just having to send us a private message. So we'll let you know when we get that up and going. Um, and then we're working on links for copies of our forms and things like that too, that you guys can look at and, and, you know, and download to use as well. Yeah. And, uh, most of our team in June will be at the, um, Pet Quest. Pet Quest uh, with our groomer, Ethan, is uh, doing competition grooming. And most of our team will be with, there with us, uh, that one. And then, of course, you can also see us at the Rocky Mountain Pet ex- uh, uh, Groom Expo. Groom Expo. And then we'll also be at the show in Texas. The U.S. Pet Pro Classic in October. In October. So that's three places you can meet us in person. or Yeah, meet us, ask questions, get to know our team. Um, you know, we would love to meet you guys and you know, do some talks, find out what you guys want to hear, find out what we can do better, things like that, and just get to know more groomers out there. Yeah, at the Rocky Mountain, we'll be having classes and same thing in Texas, and we'll have a booth uh, for you to stop meet and greet if you're not uh, joining one of our classes. Yeah, and so, and then again, yeah, we'll see you guys at Pet Quest, where Ethan will be doing poodles and then creative grooming as well. So we're really excited to get to bring most of the team up to celebrate that. So thank you guys. We'll see you next week. See y'all.